I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good afternoon to you on this Thursday. We are live for the call. Ten companies picked by you. Two experts, one hour on this Thursday, the 19th of May. My two expert guests here with me in studio, Mark Gardner from Macro Capital and Michael Gable from Fairmont Equity. So these guys have really deep knowledge in markets and look at it from different points of view. It's going to be great, especially on a day that we continue to talk about the route that we saw on Wall Street through the overnight period. Not as significant falls at this time of the day here in Australia. The S&P ASX 200 down about one and a half percent, but still worthwhile trying to figure out where the market will go from here. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. It's absolutely lovely to see you here. I'm going to start with you, Michael, from a technical Mm. perspective. How is the S&P ASX 200 looking? Still looking a bit bit ugly. Um, Unfortunately, we're in one of those markets where the good news yesterday is the bad news today. Same news, but interpreted differently depending on on everyone's mood at the moment. So um, still further risk to the downside. in terms of the S&P 500 in the US, uh, I was here on Monday for the trade and we're talking about there was a major support level around 4150-ish on the S&P 500 which was broken and the risk was that the market would try to rally back up towards that level and reject and that's what we saw last night, a rejection of that level. Don't necessarily know the reason why but that's, that's what's happening. So we've got this sort of downside bias remaining on the US market and it will drag our market down with it as well. So. Uh, the ASX 200 has held up better than, than the US markets, of course, because of commodities and, and a lack of tech. But it does look like we've got uh, potential to retest those levels from January, which are around that sort of 6,800 mark. Okay, so that's one view. Now, Mark, the VIX up above that 30 level overnight. What does that mean in your view, considering just yesterday we were talking about it being yeah, down at 26? Yeah. Um, well, look, I, you know, for there to be any sort of margin of safety or any sort of sustainable rally, really we need the VIX to go back below 20. Uh, obviously, straight back above uh, just shy of 31 overnight, um, which has kind of ruined my plans for the rest of the month, realistically. So it'd be more of just sitting on our hands, to be honest. Um, uh, look, I'm not really surprised. The Australian market has um, has held up better. I was buying on the open for a few people. Um, uh, you know, there's realistically, we're almost looking at um, settlement prices on US indexes at the moment, like on a net of three days. Uh, because realistically, watching it, you know, on a day-to-day basis at the moment, it's almost like watching a one-minute chart. Like it's it's, a, it's up, it's down, it's all over the place. Um, the market's very bipolar at the moment. So, and that, more to Michael's point, look, um, Powell came out with this, exactly the same speech two days in a row to two different audiences, as he often does. Yesterday, the pundits and journalists were writing that it was um, promoting the soft landing. Today, they're writing how hawkish it was, and we're going to have to. So, it's look. There's a lot of market noise out there at the moment. Um, we will we'll generally just be sticking to our plan that we need to see that VIX at minimum below the 200-day moving average, which is just above 22. Um, you know, preferably below 20 before we, we're getting towards fully allocated again. Got it. Thanks, guys. Uh, let me preview what companies we'll be speaking of today. REA Group, again, a company that's been bought or sold depending on the mood of the market. Telix Pharmaceuticals as well. It's a biotech that's making some big strides. Tabcorp, Nitro Software, another one of those high growth companies that has been really beaten down. And Woodside Petroleum, which is holding an AGM today on that BHP Petroleum uh, deal. Now, let's get a little bit of context before the stock of the day. Here is a chart coming from Callum Thomas about global food production and prices, bringing it up. And we've got supply, demand, economics 101. So what you see in the yellow line are food prices. What you see in the blue line, 
food production, which is going down. Just a bit of context for the stock of the day. New Farm reinstating its interim dividend of four cents per share, marking its first payout since 2018 as it posts an over 60% surge in first half net profit. The company benefiting from healthy seasonal demand and higher grain prices, leading to an over 30% spike in revenue. Shares take a hit with the rest of the market this morning, and they're currently trading down more than 5%. Gentlemen, I'll start with you, Michael. New Farm should be going really well, mm. it would seem, in this environment. So is today's update, you know, was there devil in the detail? or is it getting caught up in the negative market sentiment? Possibly both. Um, I'll need to look at the detail a bit more, but at first glance it seems, it seems good. Um, it is a down day, so a difficult day to be releasing any sorts of announcements. Um, we do like the business. We did see um, the business upgrade their guidance back in February. Um, they're in a bit of a sweet spot at the moment, of course, with, um, with the higher, higher food prices, um, you know, weather's been particularly kind to them here in Australia over the last year or two. Um, so yeah, look, in, in, a, in a sweet spot at the moment, um, the gearing has been declining as well in, in an environment where rates are going up. So I think it's, you know, to maybe it's not necessarily a buy today if, if the market's going to be weak for a few days, but it is one on our, um, on our watch list as a, as a potential buy. I, you know, I'll have to look at the further detail of today's result, but as I said, at first glance, it looks good. and and they've got the nice trend going. Okay, so what would you be looking for? Um, is it something in the charts? Change yep. in mood before you would buy new farm at a particular yeah, I'd be price? Looking, yeah, I'd be looking at some kind of reversal from here. I mean, the prior, if you have a look at, um, when you've got a stock that's trending, I'm just trying to look at it now, you look at all the different highs and lows, and the prior low was at $6.11. So I think as long as it stays above that level from a technical perspective, um, you'd say it's still in an uptrend and that would be the buy point. Um, as we could see, it's, it's, it's getting close to that level now. Um, so it may well be a buy in the next few days. Okay, we'll keep an eye on that one. What do you make of New Farm there at Macro, Mark? Uh, look, we've I've uh, had this one recently on the call. Um, essentially, uh, my view really hasn't changed. I thought I thought most of the tailwinds were behind, uh, were you know, were already uh, reflected in the share price, um, and was looking for more of a buyback around that sort of 560 area, where um, it's uh, similar to what Michael said, it was uh, it was around about the old highs, um, where from where it broke up through. Um, today's announce, yeah, announcement wasn't much of a surprise. Um, we were holding uh, Elders IPL and um, and New Farm. Uh, sort of, I think New Farm we may have hit price target, but IPL and Elders we were we were of the view that we were going to take them through their reporting until we saw Macquarie Bank have a great earnings result and get smashed, you know, 12, 15%. So realistically, we've like for those who wanted to keep it on from a long-term perspective, they've, we've, they've sort of kept half, but the announcement risk at the moment, it doesn't matter whether you smash it out of the park um, or whether you disappoint the market. It's just that it, it, at the, with the current market conditions and the way that the... Uh, the market's behaving technically. It's just how much are you going to be down on the day? Just about. Um, I was very surprised. Aristocrat was, you know, probably the exception to the rule today. I think it was up quite well, but um, I mean, that's coming from a pretty low base considering. Um, so yeah, look, the um, you know it's good that they're paying a dividend again. I think the outlook for this one, yeah, very keen on the agricultural sector, particularly for the next eighteen months. Um, because it realistically puts them, you know, in almost three or four reporting cycles before, you know, mm -hmm. any any adverse conditions are going to take hold. Um, obviously, the geopolitical uh, backs it up as well, and and they're defensive, um, you know, consumer staple sector. So it's got a lot going for it. So yeah, it'd be, I'd be happy to be buying them back um, when the market calms a little bit. But um, yeah, probably probably under six dollars. Got it. Thank you. Let's go to the companies that have been nominated for our viewers and they've given us a bit of context as well. This one's for Prashant saying at present it's trading at an almost 52 week low. Is there upside for this company or do you expect it to go lower? And he's mentioning as well uh, post-election. Will that be an impact at all? What do you think, Mark? Uh, look, and um 
I think there's a, there's a lot of external um, factors that go into this business which they can't control, which, given the level of uncertainty, is probably not in its favour. Um, probably fairly impressive. It's almost at 52-week lows um, when most things are pretty pretty close to or through 52-week lows. Especially in that tech space. I mean, it's absolutely. a real estate business, but it's really a tech business. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, look, I I think there, there's potential to be tailwinds in terms of um, market turnover if people decide that they... Um, they need to downsize because they can't afford, you know, the upcoming rate hikes, etc. Um, not massively positive on um, on residential real estate generally. So, whether that probably there's initial, um, you know, there's initial transactions which you know boost revenue for the um, for the business, and then it probably dissipates from there. Uh, but look, I, our preferred play in this sort of you know, on this thematic, or it's because it's not really a sector necessarily, would be. Um, Nine Entertainment recently has a big holding in domain. Um, they've just had a really great um, quarterly update. Um, I think you've got a little bit of you've got election spending, um, for advertising spending, and just three elements of the business going pretty well there. With um, they're streaming their traditional. Um, and then obviously the domain business. So that's kind of, I'm using that as a little bit of a proxy at the moment. I know that's it's a little bit convoluted, mm-hmm. but I don't think a pure play in the space with tech under, uh, you know, continually underwater. And okay. I, I'd, yeah, look, I'd, I'd be looking at something a little bit safer. Got it. Now, how about you, Michael? REA mm. Group, because uh, perhaps a bargain to be had. Yeah, I, I mean, I echo Mark's thoughts. I, I think this, you know, the macro environment for tech stocks is going to, to weigh on the share prices. So, and I think that's just going to be a theme for all tech stocks that, that we look at, whether you like it or not, um, whether you think the business is great or not, um, it is an overriding theme. And, and by that, I mean the interest rates, um, interest rates going higher, um, the removal of QE um, affecting these high PE stocks. So, you know, REA managed to sort of hold in there until the start of the year. It was trading between a range of about 150 to 170 and then when it broke 150 and failed to get back above it it's just been one way since then and at the moment it's only just above $100 so you know share share price chart doesn't look good and you've got the macro situation it still trades on a PE of about 36 which is you know still a bit still a bit high in this sort of environment Um, and then you've got all the uncertainty around housing listings prices just yeah, just it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint a positive outside of the fact that well it's fallen a lot maybe it's worth buying. Okay, so there's no reason to just buy things because they look cheap. It's still I think a- I think that's a, a mistake a lot of investors make is they see something that's fallen a lot and they go for that. Whereas if you did the opposite and actually bought stocks making new highs, you tend to do better because by definition you want to buy something that's going up. If it's going up, it's going to make new highs. So trying to find something that's, I mean, you only have to look at companies like Zip, which are down 90% from their recent peaks. I mean, you could have bought Zip, I don't know, a month or two ago. Thinking and you it's cheap, yeah. Thinking it's cheap. So, well, you know, can't get any cheaper and you've already dusted half your money just in the last month or two. Boy, Zip, that's one that's going to be studied for a yeah. long time, don't you yeah. think? Um, um, look, let's move on to Telix Pharmaceuticals and I'm just moving us along in, in the interest of time. Uh, Previously, David writes, one of your experts was enthusiastic about the prospects for this company. However, looking at the fundamentals, some of the numbers I seem seem a bit breathtaking. Price to revenue, 240 times on top of growing losses and shareholder dilutions year to year. Would be interested in a sober appraisal of this stock. Maybe we start with the technicals, mm. you know, which always gives a little yeah. bit of a, a context. Yeah, look, it does look a bit ugly at the moment. Last year was... Um, was great for the stock, very nice trend. They were, you know, releasing this this prostate cancer imaging product in in the US and trying to get some buyers. And I think I think the market maybe started to extrapolate some very nice sales numbers for that and got a bit too excited. But um, this was a classic case of you know very nice trend and then it gapped down earlier this year and that was your first warning sign that that maybe there was a bit of heat coming out of the share price. So. Look, I find these ones difficult. They they do have a product to sell, but there's other products they're trying to, to get approval for. They're, you know, they've recently done a institutional raising. Um, I think it was at a, about 170 mil. The amount of cash in the bank's only about 150 mil. So they are burning burning cash still. Um, 
yeah, it'll probably get a lot cheaper before it before it uh, um, improves, unfortunately, because of the the cash burn. Yeah, I'll start with giving some context to the viewers' question. Um, I believe that was probably Junbei, and that I think when she made those comments, it was like early January. So, look, those obviously those multiples, given the fall in the share price, you know, have have come back a fair way. So, um, and look, I tend to agree, sort of echo her comments. Look, biotech's always a tough sector, um, regardless. We've had probably three of the worst possible months to be holding biotech. Um, Look, if you've got an interest in the sector, um, these guys, obviously, they're, I mean, I wouldn't call them an ETF necessarily, but it's um, uh, Chris, I can't remember his last name, he's a fellow who runs it, he's got a fantastic track record in that, um, uh, in, you know, converting those businesses, and, um, and you, but you've ended up, you end up really with a basket, I think, and of, uh, of many, you know, a few companies rather than just, you know, you're depending on that one stock, you know, or that one drug getting FDA approval or, um, or the like. So look, it's, it's not a space I'd be playing in at the moment generally. Um, but I, I would back up um, Jumbo's view that, you know, really for, for a space that's volatile as it is, I mean, um, market conditions aren't helping, but the management there has a really super impressive track record of converting these things. So, yeah, if, you're gonna, if, you, if you want to dip your toe into biotech, I, I don't think it's such a bad company overall. Um, the cash burn obviously is a little bit concerning, but, uh, you know, with, with someone who at the helm of the company who's... Um, you know, who's done it many times before, I don't think they're going to, you know, they they'll, uh, won't have too many issues raising money, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, it's nuclear medicine and it's Dr. Christian Berenbruch. Mm. And uh, yeah, they are moving towards commercialization, but that's the view from our, so was that a buy or it's just a state uh, sector that's right just now? A, that's, that sector is not a buy, but look, it, it's just a watch list for now um, until, until the VIX gets back below 20. Yeah, right, <laughs> okay, good, now? Why change? Let's get to our next company on the list. This is Tabcorp for Roger. He's saying, with only a bit of time before the lottery's demerger, I had been interested to hear your thoughts on whether this could be an opportunity to buy and participate in the one-for-one -one share issue. What do you think, Mark? Um, had a conversation with an expert guest earlier in the week. He had this on his buy list, particularly because of the attractive list of the attractiveness of the lottery's business, but also said that it was a pretty defensive stock in this environment. Yeah, abs absolutely. Um, I was pretty shocked to find out that gambling generally has, you know, uh, when interest rates are higher and economic growth slows, that gambling is generally higher. It's one of those um, lipstick uh, issues, maybe, you know, that uh, in really severe depressions and recessions. Yeah. So lipstick sales go up because it's a little treat that you can give yourself. Okay. Um, yeah, look, there, yeah, there's three sections to the business. Uh, obviously, lotteries is great. The rest of it's not so great. Um, the wagering media and gaming services parts, um, oh, look, the, the gambling sector is just so unbelievably oversaturated. Um, the lotteries parts uh, is, you know, doing well, super bullish on that. Um, I look, uh, you know, it, maybe it's a case of wait and just buy the lotteries business. Uh, or if you want to buy the Tabcorp and get the one to one, I mean, I, essentially, I, the first thing I'd be doing is getting rid of the other two and just keeping the lotteries business. So uh, well, that's that's the place you really want to be. Um, it is a defensive sector. Um, the charts, look, it's not shooting the lights out, but it's fairly, you know, it's a. It's a really, really mild trend channel higher. Um, defensive is pretty good at the moment, generally, um, obviously given the conditions. So, um, yeah, look, and there, you know, it, it, I, I would say it's a hold. Uh, in terms of the viewer question, um, I would just emphasize, however you want to play, uh, getting the lotteries part of it, that's how you would, because that's the part of the business that mm -hmm. you want. Um, so, you know, I don't see the stock pulling back. So you can probably buy this. I'd say, yeah, look, it's, it's a buy. It, it basically, there's safety within the sector. Uh, it's defensive. You're going to get the lottery. But I'd be getting rid of that gambling side, you know, in any, any sniff of an, um, an upside move. Okay, um, so was that a buy or a hold? You said both. Uh, look, I, I, uh, it, look, it's a buy, basically. Um, but do prefer okay. the lotteries business. I'd be selling the other part straight away. Got it. What do you think? All right, I'll save you some time. No. <laughs> no. Okay. So, I think if you like the lotteries business, wait for it to list by that. Um, I mean, yeah, like, and, and Mark touched on that earlier, because if, you, if you're going to buy it now and then keep one and sell the other, 
Uh, yeah, just, just What's wait. the benefit? There's no, yeah, there's no benefit in it. I don't know. I just wait. Just wait. Buy the lotteries business so you don't have to sell something where everyone else is probably selling it. And yeah. has the same idea mm. as well anyway. Just, I mean, even though everyone will have the same idea and be buying the lotteries business, yeah. you know, you're sort of making here and losing there. Just wait. Not yeah. changing of you. <laughs> oh, look, I, I, totally, I totally agree. Yeah, no, it's um, but as per the viewer question, I mean, you just need to work out how you want to play it, basically. Yeah. But, but as long as you end up with the, the net result is ending up with the lotteries business, then yes. I think if yeah. you try to finesse it here, I'd probably stuff it up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just wait, wait for it. Yeah. All right, and this is totally, I know, not related, but there is an eighty million dollar Powerball. Just in case you haven't got your tickets yet, I know it's not Tab Court, but uh, it just popped in my mind. I love my job. Um, I love my job, but. But, um, yeah, I still might buy a lottery ticket today. <laughs> Let's get to Luke's question. Nitro Software. So Nitro has been hit particularly hard. NTO is the, comp- uh, the ticker code. But it is planning to return to profitability in the next couple of years. So it's got a path to profitability. Uh, it's slowing its cash burn. Uh, so do you believe that uh, the bigger players in the industry could lower their prices? So this is the e-sign in a nutshell business and her nitro's market share going forward or do you think it's got a good foothold and is i guess you know goodbye right now michael um look, i'd be happy to hold it here based on on how it's holding up really well it seems like it's a good business um the charts looking like it's forming a base but it is high risk because again tech stocks um and the pressure that that they could be under this thing, yeah, for some reason this seems to be holding up better than the other tech stocks um, over the past few weeks. However, if we go back over the last six months, yeah. it's fallen from $4 to, to about $1.30. Um, yeah, that's that's all I'd see it as potentially, uh, uh, you know, maybe a shorter term lift from here. Um, so happy to hold, but I'd be looking to get out on, on, on a rally. Sell those rips. Yep. Yep. Yeah, look, it, it's a pretty solid business overall. Um, really sticky customers, great recurring revenue. Um, BP, uh, Colliers, Lloyds, um, some pretty pretty solid names uh, there that are that are very sticky. Some long term contracts and um, and look, looking at their last uh, their last update, um, all the numbers were were really solid and. Um, We've been, I've been looking at this for a few weeks. Um, I think it was stock of the day um, just recently, which is what sort of put it on my radar. And, and, um, and overall, it was one that, it's, it, what I, it, as of today, it's a, it's a hold if you've got it, um, I wouldn't be buying it. Um, but timing-wise, I think more to your point, Nadine, was that um, I think their timing when you know we're probably three to six months away from you know the smoke clearing in tech and I think that's going to coincide really nicely with the you know with their predicted um, you know predicted profitability so it'd be one that essentially if you know if the smoke clears by the end of the year um, you know in tech and where you know that sector's you know at least not out of favour um, I think it's going to have some fairly consistent um, positive updates so it'd be one of the ones that would be very high up on the watch list um, you know uh, basically pending pending the market conditions being a little bit more suitable but it um, I think timing wise it sort of marries up with when we'd be look, starting to look at tech again towards the end of the year um, and you know they'll they'll actually have a positive catalyst behind it, not just a thematic catalyst. Got it. Thank you. That's Nitro Software for you, Luke. Everybody watching and listening, of course, you can do so in podcast form. Don't forget that this is information only. Uh, it's not financial advice tailored to your specific circumstances. So you you know need to do your own research. You need to get advice. Uh, to make sure that uh, you're doing the right thing if you decide to act. Now, let's get to number five on the list, which is Woodside Petroleum, WPL. No context, but it's coming from Jack. We happen to have an AGM being held today. Looks like final shareholder approval for the BHP Petroleum assets uh, coming through will be approved. Now, guys, the oil and gas space has been obviously so interesting through this Ukrainian war uh, crisis. I mean, it's not a good reason, but it is the reality. These companies are making money like no tomorrow, but a lot of the share price movements haven't really reflected uh, the price that we've seen in oil. So is, is that going to happen? Would you be buying now knowing that these very elevated prices of oil could dissipate at any time? It's a sector I'm keeping an eye on. So 
We were in and out of some of these stocks earlier in the year. I didn't capture the whole move, unfortunately. Um, but what's interesting is, you know, there are positives for, for the oil price because of um, what is happening overseas. The negative is that if the markets or if economies do tip into recession, that's not necessarily great for oil because of uh, less demand. I think the supply restrictions may well win over and we may well see um, higher oil being sustained for the rest of the year. And if that's the case, then these energy stocks can move higher. So I think after that initial move uh, and excitement in the oil price um, in the first sort of couple of months of this year, share prices went up. Um, but Woodside and a few of the others for the last couple of months have just been consolidating that. I think maybe the market's just waiting to see if oil does just give it all back or not. Um, so charting-wise, looking at Woodside, and this is the same story with some of the other oil stocks, looks really interesting here. It seems like it is consolidating, it's holding up, it's potentially getting ready for a move. Um, so I'd be, I'd be guided by, by the charts on this. I think if we see a bit of a, an upside break, potentially a strong push above, say, $32, for me, I'd be interested in, in a trade, but I'd only treat it as a trade. I think you may well get another sort of swift move as we saw earlier this year. Um, but yeah, look, it's not a hold for the year because of those recessionary concerns. Um, you know, that, that may well cause oil prices and, and these share prices to pull mm -hmm. back later on. Got it. What do you think of Woodside? Uh, so essentially, look, like the company, uh, like uh, I think BHP being a significant shareholder is going to be, have, you know, having one of the better managements um, of any company really is going to be a good influence on Woodside as well. Um, the way we're playing the, this at the moment generally is we're uh, slightly over allocated in BHP and we hold Triple um, O, uh, the oil ETF. And the basis behind that is essentially, to Michael's point, oil prices might go up, but by the time, you know, they may come back by the time there's a, you know, a, a solid report or those profits actually funnel through. So our, our general strategy uh, in situations, particularly of a geopolitical nature, um, is buy the commodity, take your profit in the commodity, and then shift back to the company because the tailwinds will come through at a much later date. At the moment, obviously, you're getting, um, you know, you're getting, was it one for 5.5 or something with this uh, demerger for holding the BHP shares. So I think there's a little bit more certainty in a quality company like BHP. So we've essentially gone, you know, over allocated in BHP. Now we're going to get some Woodside once we get out of our um, our triple O, uh, is, which is sort of around the uh, $9.30 mark. We're... Um, you know, somewhere around the, uh, those recent highs, I think around ten dollars, we'll be we'll be exiting that, and then um, and then we'll have another look at Woodside, basically. So no, a convoluted answer, like the company, but I think there's better ways to play it at the moment. The oil price is still energy's been you know the only green sector on the market map for the um, S and P consistently for the last sort of month. Um, so we and we we're very bullish energy overall. It's just a matter of where we're playing it, but yeah, with the pure play, I think is a better play at the moment and maybe top up your BHP and reassess in a few months. Got it, thank you. That brings us to the halfway mark nicely. So let's uh, get across what we have learned so far, including the stock of the day, which was New Farm. New Farm reported today, still though, share prices coming under pressure in an environment where demand for fertilizer is pretty strong. Also, when you see um, high volumes coming through because of some of the issues with supply chains as well. But it is not a buy for either one of my guests. Uh, Mark from Macro says you can wait. He'd be looking to buy at about $5.60. Michael agrees. He says not today. Look for a reversal from here. Uh, but $6.11 is a support level that he's watching. Let's get into REA Group. Uh, Michael's just not very keen on it. He points to the macro environment, which is also what Mark says. There's many externalities. So uh, he would prefer actually to buy Nine Entertainment. You get the exposure to the media business, the ad market, and you get exposure to domain in that real estate listings space. Telix Pharmaceuticals, it's on Mark's watch list. He says it's actually safer right now, though, if you're into biotechs to get exposure via an ETF. It's a very, very beaten up area of the stock market and always is when we see volatility coming through and negativity as well. Michael says the chart looks ugly. It will get cheaper. He doesn't like the cash burn. 
Uh, on Tab Corp, if you like the lotteries business, Michael says, wait, buy it once the demerger comes through. Yes, you will be in and amongst a whole bunch of other buyers that like the lottery business, but it's complicated now to buy it with the one for one if it's really the lotteries business that you want. Mark got around to a buy in the end, but he does agree with Michael's strategy. He agrees that the lotteries business is the one you want to own, so you may as well wait to get that. But still, because of its defensive nature, it's a buy. Took a while to get there, but we got it. Nitro Software, NTO is the ticker code. It's for Luke and Luke. Uh, look, Mark says that it's pretty high on the watch list, very high on the watch list in terms of these Aussie tech names that have been very, very beaten down. He says when the smoke clears around tech, which it will do, might marry up nicely. So wait, just wait for this one. And uh, Michael says, yeah, it's high risk. Looks like it's forming a base, but you can just hold, hold for now. And Woodside, you just heard what the guys said. Look, it's not a buy today. It's a hold for Mark. It's a buy $32 or above for Michael, but it's a trade for him only given the factors that continue to push around the oil price and always do supply demand fundamentals. Now, let's get across our own high conviction fund, which is determined by our investment committee. You can watch that live um, on ausbiz.com.au. It's not live, but it's there. And let's check in with the portfolio update. Speaking of Tabcorp, it's in there. Domino's is in there. Ardent Leisure, Tyro as well. And those are new additions to the portfolio. Not a lot's been taken out, but we've moved around allocations and the cash holding size, which is down from 20%. We will continue to put your requests to the investment committee and keep watching this program to find out which ones those will be. Stay with us. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Let's take a look at uh, some of the stocks we'll be talking to. Mark, if you're out there, we'll be touching upon Newix. Appen for Mark as well, presuming it's a different Mark. You never know. Boral, it was out with an update this week for Ellen. Monash IVF for Lucy and OFX Group for Paul. Let's get cracking with Newix. He says, I'd love the panel's view. Oh, it is the same, Mark, on Newix and Apple, trying to decide whether to stick it out for a potential or hopeful turnaround or wear a significant loss on both and move on. Mark, that's painful. Let's start with Newix, shall we? Uh, Michael, mm. it's been a basket case. It's, yeah. it's a disaster um, yeah. for those that got in at uh, its debut. So what to do if you're Mark? So, yeah. So you've you've sort of given us the reason why you should sell because it's a basket case. So it's not, it's not like it's a great business that for some reason got caught up in the market going down for a few days. It's, it's going down because it's a basket case and the market's going down and the macro environment, you've interest rates, QE, blah, 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 too much going against it. Um, and that even if those factors uh, are removed, you've still got a business that's just not doing a good job. So why would you put your or have money in there where, where your money could be, be elsewhere. So again, just because it's dropped from $5 to a dollar doesn't mean it can't go from a dollar to 50 cents and you lose half your money again. Got it. Now let's leave Appen for just a moment. Let's uh, get your view on Newix. You couldn't agree more. Um, it's sort of the stock market equivalent of a burning building, really. Um, you need to get, get out. Um, Ed, look, I, I, I mean, my immediate, obviously, um, view of it was a sell, but, you know, for the purpose of the program, I, I went and had a look at their trading update. Um, first, well, second page, basically, all the numbers were negative. Third page was a Venn diagram, um, and then the rest of it was just buzzwords. So, um, possibly one of the silliest updates I've seen, to be honest. Um, there was not really anything material within there. Not surprising from a company with a prospectus that was highly in question. Um, yeah, look, just absolutely, this is not worth holding in at, at all. Um, every time they, you know, it even peaks its head up, there's just another issue that comes out, there's a legal issue, etc. So, um, in terms of Mark's question as to um, as to both holding both of them, um, which I 
if I was holding both of them, the general advice would be obviously get rid of this one. And if you really, really love, you know, you want to hold on, you'd be you should get out of the Newix and get into the Appen. But I personally, yeah. It's, they're not. Yeah, I, I feel for Mark. That's it's, yeah. it's not a, not a great situation to be in, and it's probably not the advice he's necessarily after. But Newix, yeah, absolutely is a basket case. So. Um, now, when we get to the second mm. Mark, you're welcome on his list. <laughs> uh, Appen. So, Appen at one time was one of these much heralded wa uh, wax stocks. Remember the Australian equivalent to the fangs, uh, but the Lay of the land has significantly changed for Appen. So it's not just being sold off in this most recent tech route. It's that it's, um, you know, human driven sort of um, model. So it's basically training data was really called into question. A lot of its customers were big but unknown. And then you have the likes of Facebook or Meta saying that they were going to start doing their own. There's AI, there's machine learning. You know, there's, there's a lot facing Appen, but you know, there, there's a business there as opposed mm. to uh, to some others out there. Yeah, exactly. You've just cycled through all the, you know, the things I was going Sorry, to Michael. say. No, that's <laughs> all right. I'll just go home now. But, We've known um, each other for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. There were, it's not as though, it's like some of the other businesses which have only fallen in the last six months because of macro problems. It's had problems before then. But, you know, it's still a, it's still a decent business under the surface. They've just you know, been unable to grow for that period of time. Um, and they've also not done a good job in their announcements as well. I mean, there have been a number of market updates over the last few years which have, uh, you know, not, uh, you know, just lacking a bit of detail and um, sort of over-promising, under-delivering and all that sort of thing. So, you know, they haven't been doing a great job and then we've got all the other issues happening um, in the broader market. So at the moment, I mean, the positive thing about this stock is that it's not falling anymore, I suppose. Like in the last couple of months, it's, it's managed to, to only go sideways instead of fall. Um, but I think, you know, the catalyst here would be, you know, changing in, ter the chain, change in terms of sort of interest rate expectations if we can get some, some sort of pivot this year from the Fed Reserve in terms of how many interest rate hikes they're going to do, then tech stocks in general will lift. Maybe this will lift as well, but it also depends on the business getting turned around. So, look, it's sort of a hold if you really have to hold it because it's not getting any worse, but I wouldn't be diving into it, that's for sure. Got it. What do you think? So would you sell in a downgrade cycle? <sighs> Nothing much is changing. Yeah, as I said to the viewers' question, much prefer Appen. Um, look, there, and there is a business there. Um, and and like I think it even pays a yield, which is quite remarkable for a tech stock um, these days. And um, and it, look, it hasn't had the greatest of runs. I think it, it's um, yeah. Look, I'd hold uh, definitely. It's a it, it's a hold for me. Um, it, it's the sector influences we keep banging on about. It's not going to be favourable. But um, again, when the smoke clears, potentially it's one that. This starts to head head back up a little bit. Um, we've been talking about the, these customers leaving for quite some time now. It's been nearly 12 months that it's been suspected that they were going to lose a big customer, and and, and it really hasn't happened too much. Um, there has, hasn't been reflected necessarily in the figures. So, um, so yeah, and sort of more to Michael's point as well. The, the presentations, Newick, both Newix and App, and I think we touched on this with Zero. We were giving their market update the other day. I, um, these companies have kind of, you know, if they want to address, if they're going to give an update to the market, they need to probably grow up a little bit and give better, better updates that just, you know, that where they, you know, they sort of seem to deliver these messages that are in isolation that don't take into consideration what, you know, their investors need to hear. They just... Yeah, um, but you don't want to just give investors what they, well, I guess not what they want to hear, want. but yeah, they, okay. yeah, what yeah, the investors, okay. more, more, look, more than what the investors want yeah. rather than what they want to hear, obviously. But Macquarie Bank's a great example. They, they underpromise and overdeliver, and you know, if that, I mean, if they're falling fifteen percent, it doesn't hold out much hope, I suppose. But you know, for most of these growth stocks, but you know, I, I think they could do a better job in, you know, okay. in, in in basically providing their updates in a in a, in a more palatable um, uh, way that that gives investors a little bit more um, confidence that the business is on track rather than the concept of the business. Got it. Thank you. Now let's get to Boral. 
BLD is a ticker code. Most of you would know what Boral does. This one is for Ellen. So it did put out a trading update yesterday. Essentially, it's a profit warning that came through. I'm just looking at the broker moves that have come through today. Off the back of that, we've got a neutral from UBS. Downgrades, so two downgrades coming today. Outperform, uh, sorry, underperform and uh, from Credit Suisse, underweight from Morgan Stanley. Ordmanet has a hold on it. Uh, Macquarie with an outperform. And those are the brokers that have updated their um, rating today. So I don't think that's a change in rating for Macquarie. Um, but still, that's not overly um, enthusiastic. But Macquarie does says, say that it spies strong demand in the pipeline for infrastructure in particular and multi-residential once the sun returns because some of what was in the downgrade from Boral was, of course, weather-related. Mm. Michael, would you be buying Boral? Look at the chart first and then tell us fundamentally. Um, the chart is ugly. I actually put a little video on my website this morning on the Boral chart. So major break of support in the last few days. I think it will continue to fall. Um, to your point about the rainfall, yes, that's temporary. However, the other element in their announcement was the fact that obviously inflation, anyone yep. that buys stuff and then has to sell, sell it um, is, is copying the higher costs. Um, the issue with borals, they haven't been able to um, pass on much of that. So haven't been able to pass on a lot of those costs so that, that affects their margin. Um, obviously, this is a business that transports stuff all around the, the country, high fuel costs, that's a problem. To our point earlier about where energy prices might go, may well be, they may well stay at these elevated levels throughout the year. So I think there's probably a bit more pain to come for this. And then at some point, um, you're right to your point in that there's still going to be a lot of infrastructure spending, still a lot of construction. Um, but I think that's, this might be a story for maybe in the back half of this year, potentially. Yeah, and that's exactly what Morgan Stanley was pointing to, saying that the cost issues may persist for some time. Also, that the lack of price offset is disappointing and saying that the transformation program benefits would be lower than had been guided to in FY22. Is there anything mm. to love about Boral at these levels? Uh, not for us. Um, look, we, their lack of pricing power is sort of what pointed us to getting out of Boral. Um, and probably shifting to other um, other sort of you know to take advantage of that at, uh, infrastructure spending thematic um, sort of quite a while ago really um, and that lack of pricing power obviously with inflation is just going to continue to hurt them look we're bullish energy so it's impossible to be bullish borrow because energy is going to be their biggest problem so um, they're you know they're mutually exclusive in our minds so. Um, yeah, and look, I do, and with that lack of pricing power, uh, I don't think the macro actually provides much of a, um, like the, a construction outlook, might, you know, doesn't provide any sort of tailwind really. So at this point, and, and one thing that I also didn't like about the special dividend that they paid out was um, I, I, I don't really like a management that just, you know, they, they didn't even really come to the uh, shareholders with any, any form of ideas or what they could potentially do to grow the company and reinvest in the company, just paying it out straight out, um, I think was just, it showed, you know, weakness in management really. So for us, there's not a lot to like about this stock. Um, I'd be, yeah, I mean, maybe re if they can get, regain some pricing power, um, but... Uh, then, so is it then a sell? Oh, absolutely for me, yeah. Yeah, okay. It's, uh, I wonder if it's the overall market sentiment that is infecting this program today we're yet to get buys are we and uh yeah that's despite the sunshine out here in uh sydney as well just to make sure we don't get too down in the dumps of course and it's a thursday i've always loved thursdays for some reason great day uh monash ivf is the next on the list Lucy has written in saying, I've liked the look of it for over a year. They've got plans to buy the Pivot Medical Center. Also seems like a good pick as the Virtus takeover talks continue. Um, there's a lot of consolidation in this space. Um, it's been pretty hot. I'm just double checking for the latest news on Monash because I feel like any day we could see, you know, another sort of bid coming in for like the likes of Monash from private equity. What do you think of Monash, Michael? Um, unfortunately, Lucy should have bought it a year ago when she first started looking at it because it was in a very lovely uptrend. Um, but unfortunately, in the last few days, it's broken that uptrend. So it's, it's 
for the moment. I think it's too late. You need to be on the sidelines. We need to see any. We need to see this weakness play out. Um, but beyond that, I, yeah, look, I think the the acquisitions of, of centres is a positive. It'll add to their earnings. The reason for that drop in the last um, few days, I think, it was the end of last week, is they put out a trading update. Um, everything going okay except um, looks like earnings are going to take a hit because of COVID, so staffing issues. Um, and again, you could look at that as perhaps a temporary issue um, where hopefully in the next few months the market looks looks through that um, and, and the share price starts to, to go up again. So look, I think it's one worth keeping an eye on because of the, the break of the uptrend, you may well see cheaper prices. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that could be. It could be you know back towards 90 cents. Um, but worth worth keeping an eye on because of the business, but the technicals just look a bit negative at the so moment. So wait if you're not in it, hold if you're in it. Mark? I'm going to bring some optimism and say it's buy. Oh, wow. So, um, now look, this one came up where we were essentially with all the recession um, talk, uh, we did a fair bit of research into non-cyclicals. Um, and look, this one, it's less than half the sector PE for the healthcare sector. Um, although it probably is kind of discretionary health rather than, you know, necessity, um, say for a drug maker, for, uh, for instance. But, um, but it, it yields like 5%. Um, particularly now, now it's back at a dollar. Um, the COVID update was a little bit disappointing, but it's more cancellations. They're looking at expanding to Singapore. They're obviously acquiring, um, I think yesterday was the acquisition was uh, West Australia and Queensland. So, look, I think it's, it's, it's got a, a touch of reopening trade to it. Um, if you are worried about, you know, the, the, uh, the doomsday uh, predictions of recession, then, you know, healthcare is a sector you probably want to be in. Um, this one yields a hell of a lot more than CSL and its PEs um, about 30-odd points lower than, um, than CSL, for instance. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's better than CSL. I'm just saying, look, if you're looking to add some non-cyclicals um, on a forward basis, uh, particularly with that drop, it's pulled back to the 200-day moving average but hasn't really breached it, I don't believe. So, um, yeah, and look, I think all, all of the um, negativities more than likely behind it, to be honest. And I think the um, where investors are going to be looking on, on a six-month basis is, you know, I think healthcare names are going to come up more and more, and this ticks a lot of boxes for me. So, yeah, I'm ha- absolutely happy to, to be a buyer of Monash. There's a buy coming through. Let's get to the last on the list, which is OFX Group. And OFX Group also was out with an update this week, and everything I read about it was pretty positive, uh, was the takeover there. And this is for Paul. Hi, Paul. Hope you're listening. Hope you're watching. Let's get a view first from Mark. Yeah, I, I probably had a, I had a few sort of... Um, uh, um, I misunderstood the business. I went through the AGM report. It was The report was pretty good. Um, Technically, the uh, you know it's it's growing geographically. Um, its net cash has um, has jumped about thirty nine million as well. Um, double digit growth across all regions. Um, it, I mean, it was the opposite to the Newix report, basically. Um, really positive in every single um, uh, metric. So. Yeah, it's um, look. It's not paying out a dividend or anything at the moment, um, and it, and it, it is quite high. I, I, I mean, I know you don't do nibbles, but I'd be I'd, if Koshi was here, it'd be a Koshi lets <laughs> allows you. Well, yeah, I know. Geez. So I'm going to have no to say pressure. I'm going to have to say it's a hold then. But um, but yeah, I I went in thinking you know FX business high volatility you know, and then more the more understanding I gained of the business because I haven't really looked at this really before um, before today, the more I liked it. So definitely, yeah, definitely watch this. Uh, if you've got it, hold it. It's uh, doing all the right things. It's beating expectations. Um, technically, it looks fantastic, but uh, and out, it's a little bit difficult to give an out and out buy at these highs. It guiding to 60 million in EBITDA and FY23, lots of cash generation, 10 times multiple, mm. and it's growing. It's growing double digits. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it hadn't been on my radar, and I was having a you know, look at the uh, uh, the result this morning, and oh, this is actually pretty good. And it's you know bottom left, top right, it's trending up, it's holding up in a in a down market. So, uh, yeah, first glance, nothing really wrong with it. So I'd, I'd say it's a hold. I'd have to do my research a bit further about whether it's a buy, and you know the market's a bit bit iffy out there anyway. So 
Um, I wouldn't be buying anything today. Um, I'd, I'd probably do it. <laughs> they know my rules very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, I mean, you know, if, if if there was more green on the screen out there today, I'd, I'd probably have a crack and, and and make it a buy. But 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 very much a hold. It looks good. Oh, That's it's it. tough. If it wasn't today, I'd like yeah. to nibble. Well, I could, I could make it a buy, but if he's only a hold, yeah, it doesn't no, no, matter. No, 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 anyway, no, so. no, we're going to keep it as a hold. We're going <laughs> to put it back on the list at a later date. If it was yesterday, I reckon we both would have said buy. <laughs> That's, it. That's, okay. That's the craziness of the markets at the, the moment. The rules so. are, and I'm a stickler, it has to be on the day. Because otherwise, what do we, what do we, you know. Anyhow, um, so OFX Group. It's a very shaky hold. Both of my guests looking like they would love to lean toward a buy, but uh, we're in a very touchy market right now. And that was number 10 on the list. So that pretty much brings us to the end of the program. Let me just wrap it up for you and I'll do it quickly. Newix, it's a sell. Sorry, sorry, Mark. Uh, but it's it's just not doing a good job. Those are the words of Michael. And uh, yeah, it's a burning building when it comes to Mark's <laughs> views. So there's not a, much other else to say about it. A hold, though, for Appen. Um, better business here. But again, it's not been doing the right things. It's been in a downgrade cycle. Things may improve, but uh, you want to hold it. Borel, it's a sell for Mark. He doesn't like this business. You can't have his view on oil. And like Borel, also disappointed in management. Um, look... Uh, Mark is not as negative on it. He said the chart is really ugly. It has majorly broken through support. More pain to come. Yeah, it's, it's pretty ugly in your view as well. Yeah. Monash IVF, uh, it's a hold. It's a wait. Hold if you have it. Wait if you're not in it. Uh, look, Michael likes the business, but it has broken the uptrend, so he believes that you could get in at a better time and date. And uh, it's a buy from, from Mark at Macro. So he just says, look, it's defensive, it's got yield. So if you're looking for exposure, non-cyclical exposure, healthcare exposure in these trying times for some, this is uh, one that he'd be buying. Oh, FX Group, you just heard us talking about it. It's not quite a buy yet on this day, so it remains in the hold basket if you have it. Watch it, though. If you don't, you might have an opportunity coming up. Mark Gardner from Macro Capital, thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. You too, Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to see you both. If you're watching or listening and would like to get in on the action, you can flick us an email at the call, osbiz.com.au, or tweet to us if you've got a company you'd like us to call, and you can catch the investment committee. It is up online. You just need to search investment committee or go up to the series tab at the top of the website or the app, and you can click on series, including the call, if there's any episodes you'd like to watch again.